Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message was preached on December 26, 2021. We finish our story today of the first Christmas from the Gospel of Matthew. And you will note that the story I'm going to read, the story of Herod and the Magi, appears only in the book of Matthew. And I really need to warn you before we read that the portion of scripture I'm going to read today is a really ugly story, maybe the ugliest in the entire Bible. It's usually left out for obvious reasons of our normal Christmas readings, and I can understand that. I kind of hesitate to read it on a holiday weekend in which we were all feeling good. At least I hope you are and that you had a great Christmas in the last few days presents were opened, good food was shared, family was present, a feeling of peace on earth and goodwill towards men prevailed. And I'm afraid that today's passage will kind of dampen our holiday spirits if we don't understand it correctly. It will be like opening a box from Santa, only to find that it's full of coal. Or getting an envelope from our boss, and you think it's a a, a Christmas bonus until you open it and you find a pink slip. Or like starting a football season 10 and 2, only to see it kind of fade away. But though it's an ugly story, it's part of the need to know information and truth for anyone whose intention is to follow Jesus. Because it shows us in very stark, very dramatic, and very ugly way why Jesus had to come. It saves us from the overly sweet and sentimental Christmas card view of Jesus, and it gives us the truth. And it shows us what is needed by every believer in Jesus today. So though it's an ugly story, I'm giving you stuff that you need to know. If you want to follow Jesus, you need to know what I'm going to share with you today. And there's always a reason why God gives us the truth in the Word. When it's good when it's ugly, and we need to understand it. So I want you to understand Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 13 to the end of the chapter. Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 13. When they had gone, that's when the Magi had left Mary and Joseph and Jesus, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. 
So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. Now, it's an ugly story. You must make sure that we get our facts right. Sometime after Jesus was born, Magi came to Jerusalem asking Herod where the king of the Jews was to be born. Born. Herod pretended to be interested. Hey, I want to go and worship this child as well. But he really wanted to kill Jesus. When the Magi obeyed God and did not return to Herod, Herod sent troops to Bethlehem and he killed all the boys two years of age and under. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus were already gone because Joseph obeyed God and fled to Egypt. Now, Bethlehem was a relatively small town in Jesus' day, probably only about 300 people. And so our best guess is that Herod ruthlessly killed maybe six, maybe a dozen babies whose families knew nothing at all about Jesus or Mary or Joseph. Parents, as you can imagine, were devastated and could not be, as Scripture says, consoled. Historically, it's usually called the murder of the innocents. And then Jesus and his family stayed in Egypt until Herod was dead. And then they returned and decided to live in Nazareth. Now that's the ugly story. What does it mean? I think Matthew included it because he wanted us to understand reality and he wanted us to know why we need Jesus. And there are at least two reasons why Matthew tells us that we need to know Jesus. One of them is this, we need Jesus because we live in a world of great evil. Now, Herod is one of only thousands of almost insanely wicked leaders throughout the years. There are really no good words to describe him. A little bit about him. He banished his first wife and child. He executed his second wife. He killed three of his sons who he thought wanted his throne. He was so afraid that when he died that there would be no mourning and maybe there would even be rejoicing that he arrested dozens of Jerusalem leaders and he left instructions to execute, execute them when I die. If the crowd won't mourn for me, I want them at least to mourn when I die. Fortunately, those orders weren't carried out. But think of how evil Herod was. But don't just think of evil as ancient history. It is still a reality today, and it may be getting worse, not better. Have you thought about the genocides, the mass killings of just the last 100 years? It would take me hours just to give you the list, but let me give you a few of them. In Armenia, 100 years ago, between one and two million Armenians were brutally murdered. The Holocaust was only 80 years ago. Six million Jews and others were killed under Hitler's leadership. In Cambodia, 45 years ago, 
under a leader by the name of Pol Pot, 1.5 to 2 million people were killed. In Guatemala of 40 years ago, 200,000 people were killed. In Bosnia of just 25 years ago, 7,000 people were killed. And today, even as I'm preaching, it's the Rohingya people. Hundreds of thousands of people have been killed. Millions have fled to large refugee camps in Bangladesh where rape, hunger, disease, and death are daily realities. And in America, our own country, that most of us love deeply, there have been, listen to this, over 1,000 mass shootings. A mass shooting is defined as a shooting in which four or more people are injured or killed. There have been 1,000 mass killings in our country, mass shootings in our country, in the last three years alone. Hey, here's the reality, and I know it's ugly, and Christmas time may or may not be the best time to talk about it, but that's when Matthew gave it to us in the gospel. Evil is real, and Jesus is our only hope. Laws, think about this. Laws don't change evil. We have some great laws in the United States of America. Evil persists. Jails don't change evil. The United States of America has the world's largest prison population. And yet evil persists. Religion doesn't change evil. Much evil, as a matter of fact, is done in the name of religion by supposedly religious people like Herod. Technology doesn't change evil. It just makes evil more deadly. New leaders don't change evil. Our country changes leadership every two to four years. Most are either powerless to overcome evil or they become evil themselves. Is this depressing? I hope not. I don't want to do that, but I do want you to understand reality. Evil is real, and our only hope is Jesus. Not religion, not politics, not laws, not technology. We need Jesus. And since evil infects all of us to a greater or lesser degree, we all need Jesus. The only thing that will change the world for good and for God is for you and I and millions of others to turn ourselves only to faith in Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God himself. We need Jesus because we live in a world of evil, great evil. Now, secondly, this story shows us that we need Jesus because we live in a world of great hurt. Honestly, I can't imagine the hurt of these parents. I've never been through it. I've lost, personally, parents and siblings and friends. But the loss of a child is deeper, and Matthew let us know that the hurt and the pain experienced by these parents was deep. And the only hope to combat hurt is Jesus. And now put these two truths together because one leads to the other. Great evil always leads to great hurt, and only Jesus is the answer. Matthew really did us a favor by pointing out the reality and saving us from the one-sided picture of an overly sweet Christmas card 
kind of Christmas filled with angels singing and snow falling and lights blinking and cookies baking and pastors rapping. All of that is real. But so is the flip side. And when we come out of our cocoons at Christmas time, we see that millions of people are hurting. And only Jesus can heal that hurt. When it comes to pain and hurt, I do believe that the last two years have set new records. So we need Jesus more than ever. 5.3 million people have died of COVID, including over 800,000 in the United States, 23,000 in Arizona, and several from people affiliated with Avondale Baptist Church. That's a lot of hurting families, and churches need to stop denying the reality. Add to those hurting families, the victims of crime, the normal diseases and injuries, the dramatic increase in drug abuse, and a horrible uptick in overdose deaths, a growing homeless population, refugees by the millions all over the world, many of them living in horrible conditions, and people living with mental health issues, and we are surrounded by hurting people, and only Jesus can help. And the church's job is to take Jesus and tell the world about Jesus. And like Jesus, we should start with hurting people. His ministry focused on people like lepers, widows, the sick and the lame, the hungry, the poor, the demon-possessed who were caught in a cycle of sin and mental illness, and even prostitutes and criminals. Jesus focused on hurting people, and so much the church. And if we are really, truly Jesus people, you and I should be on the front lines bringing the love of Jesus to the hurting. But the church in America has been sidetracked. We've spent much of the last year arguing masks or no masks, vaccines or no vaccines, meetings or no meetings, red or black or purple, this law or that one, walls or no walls, the last election or the next one. We've been sidetracked by every known argument when people are hurting all around us, and it's our job to take the love of Jesus to them. That's why at Avondale Baptist Church, we give away food on the first Wednesday of every month. We give away thousands of brown bag lunches every year. We offer free medical care every Monday. We house the homeless every Wednesday. We minister to angel tree families every Christmas and offer their children full scholarships to our children's camps and youth camp. We offer low-cost basketball and love to children and teens. We are being like Jesus, like we are supposed to do. Now, I'm kind of half afraid I'm going to go off on a rant right here, and I want to be careful. I want to share with you one of my personal big frustrations as a pastor is that I have been mostly unsuccessful in getting other churches to partner with us. I know churches with huge budgets, powerful worship concerts, great lighting, magnificent programs, incredible speakers, but no real desire to help the homeless feed the hungry or get messy by getting involved in helping hurting people. But of course, I'm talking to the wrong crowd because you're not members of other churches. At Avondale Baptist Church, we do it because that's what Jesus did, and we want to be like Jesus. And I pray that other churches 
will join us. So this ugly story that Matthew shared us, this truth, this reality, this real history of Herod killing the babies because he saw them as a threat to his throne, it teaches us two things that we need to know. The reality of evil, it's out there. Only Jesus can solve that problem. And the reality of hurting people, and only Jesus can offer real hope. But this story shows us one more thing. It also shows us that in today's world, we need believers of great obedience. I won't overstate Joseph's role here, for God would have found a way to do his work. But this whole first Christmas worked because Joseph was obedient in tough circumstances. Think of his obedience and how tough that it was. He accepted God's truth about Mary, that the baby was from God and not from another man. He married her. He endured what I'm assuming were the taunts from a culture that considered out-of-wedlock pregnancy one of the worst of all possible sins. He remained a virgin until after Jesus was born. He traveled 80 miles on a donkey or by foot with a pregnant wife who was in her ninth month. And in today's story, his family gets up in the middle of the night. Catch that. In the middle of the night, Joseph woke up. Mary grabbed Jesus. We're out of here. And he became a refugee in another country until it was safe for him to come back home. Whenever God said go, he went. Whenever God said do, he did. Whenever God said accept, he did. He is a remarkable example of a man of real obedience. And in the Christmas story, he gets very little appreciation for it. But I've shared with you a couple weeks ago that he, other than Jesus, is my favorite Bible character. I told you a few weeks ago, and I want to repeat myself. He wasn't one of the 12 disciples like Peter. He wasn't a great preacher like Paul. He wasn't a priest like Zechariah. He wasn't a king like his ancestor David. He didn't write beautiful poetry like his wife Mary. He wasn't a great writer like Matthew or Luke. He was an everyday, ordinary carpenter. Or as my son-in-law told me after that sermon, Joseph was just an ordinary Joe. But he accepted God's plan for his life. He did everything that God asked him to do to the very best of his ability. He did the hard things of obedience without a whimper or a complaint. And that's what is really needed in today's world. We have preachers. We have musicians. We have buildings. We have money. We have ministries. We have plans. We need people in the pews, everyday, ordinary people like Joseph, whose first loyalty is to do life God's way, to be obedient to him. Now, I'll tell you, it's not always easy to obey God, but that's our call. It's not easy to do money like God teaches us, for the world has a very different plan. It's not easy to do marriage like God teaches us, because the world has another completely different plan. It's not always to speak truth like Jesus teaches us to do, for the world loves lies, deceit, and untruth. It's not easy to proclaim Jesus like God teaches us to do, for the world has mostly decided that any faith or no faith at all 
is acceptable, so it really doesn't matter. It's not easy as a preacher or as a person in the pew, as a man or as a woman, to speak God's truth. Because at times the world really doesn't want to hear it, although they need it. But that's our call. To obey God wholeheartedly, to do life his way, to say yes to God. And that is what is most needed in the church today. If we want to see God do a great work, and I trust that you do and I do, we need obedient people. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Like Joseph, I will do what you've called me to do. Now let me give you a couple of personal applications. They are really simple today. Two of them. Decide what you believe. And then live what you believe. Decide what you believe. I've been preaching Jesus. Not just baby Jesus, but Jesus, the Son of God, who came to earth, who loved us, who lived for us, who showed us how to do it, who died for us, who rose again, and who calls us to believe in him. Decide if you believe that. Make sure you know what you believe, why you believe it, what the Bible says. So decide what you believe, and then live what you believe. Don't proclaim Jesus and then live life your way. Don't say amen to the preacher and then do it your own way. Don't read the word and then put it on a shelf and go about life your way. Because the need of the hour is not just people who believe in Jesus, but people who live for Jesus. So my two practical points, as simple and as easy as can be, but they are transforming, life-changing. They will change you, your family, and your culture. Decide what you believe, and then live what you believe. Let's pray. God, help us to do this. This first Christmas is incredible. Not because of the details, as magnificent as they are, but because it was you, God, who came down to earth. And so we choose to believe in you, and because we believe in you, we choose to live life your way. Help us to do so. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I do thank you for joining us in worship. We've done all of this year and some of last year, and we will continue to do these worship services on video. But we're also meeting in person at 8.30 and 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And next year, pretty much all of next year, we will be studying the Gospel of Luke. So you read ahead if you would like. Next Sunday, we're going to have in our worship services some missionaries. I'm going to interview them, and they're going to tell us a little bit about how God has called them and what their work is like and what our role in this world mission enterprise really is. So that's part of next week's worship. But you go ahead and begin to study the Gospel of Luke. I want you to know who Jesus is, what he said, what he did, how he died, and the fact that he's alive today. And so we're going to spend a year studying Jesus according to the Gospel of Luke. Thank you for joining us. Remember who we are. We love God, we love people, and we follow Jesus. And all the people say, Amen. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church. If we can help you in any way, please contact us. Our information is on our webpage at abcaz.net, or you can call us at 623-932-2723. Thank you, and may God bless you and your family.